Um, um. <laughs> You'll know why I'm umming later on. Crypto collapse. Uh-oh. Billions wiped off its market cap. We'll get into it. Gold had itself a week. Rates are looking steady. The Dow's at 34. Ended the week flat. A lot to get into. We'll talk about the new Doge. Nick, how are you today? I'm Gerardo Del Real. This is episode 114 of Bizarro World. I have a very important question for you, Nick, other than how are you? I'm doing great and I'd love to hear it. Do you have your cum rocket? Oh, God. <laughs> um, um, in college. No, I'm joking. Um, this is the new Doge. Uh, this is the new Doge, everybody. The cum rocket. Now I'm um, in. Gosh, I got nothing to say. <laughs> We're going to talk about, um, this was a group that at its peak, we're going to get to the markets in a second. I'm in a silly mood. You guys are going to have to bear with me today. But at its peak, the Orgasmic Meditation Group, this is a real group. It still has a website up. Um, it's called One Taste, <laughs> was making millions <laughs> and was endorsed <laughs> by One Taste of the Cum Rocket. <laughs> I swear, I'll tie it all in together in a second. <laughs> it was making millions and was endorsed by the High Priestess of the Vagina, none other than. Gwyneth Paltrow. Of course. This is the real story of a multi-million dollar orgasm cult that was endorsed by none other than Hollywood itself. So we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, the OM is how they would uh, instigate and, you know, um, get these three-hour orgasms in some cases, apparently, um, out. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But look, it's a bizarre world out there, everybody. There's a lot going on. We'll talk to Chauvin verdict with the George Floyd trial, accountability, um, which we're big on here. We'll talk about Mormon sex therapist, Afghanistan, McConnell, the digital horses are back, and Caitlyn Jenner and Matthew McConaughey want to be governors of California and Texas, respectively. But first and foremost, buying opportunity in crypto, Nick, or... The beginning of the end. The death of crypto. Does the cum rocket come with an appropriately scented candle of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow or otherwise that may or may not be able to be NFT? Because it seems to me like um, we could all just become really rich if we could all get behind that. Um, <laughs> get behind the cum the rocket? Oh my goodness, Gerardo. It's 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 crazy out there. Opportunity in the crypto. Um, I'm going to talk about Bitcoin because uh, <laughs> I don't know about all the other stuff. The, the cum rockets. Cum rockets. <laughs> or the and, doge. Uh, the doge. Yeah. The doge just sold last fish. week ago. That reminds me. I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, I think buying opportunity. I was looking yesterday and I saw the uh, headlines. I think it last evening it was it's you know the collapse of bitcoin you know end of days it's um and it and it was i guess uh, a, a <laughs> sort of volatile kind of uh day but certainly uh still up bitcoin you know 40 50 percent year to date year to date and it's april um and so i'm not sure it's a, a collapse as much as it is uh consolidation and so um 
I think the adoption is getting wider and wider. I think that it's uh, here to stay and you can point to uh, any number of uh, indicators. And so, no, I think it's a buying opportunity in, in, in Bitcoin, uh, all the other stuff. Uh, I've always separated the shit coins, as it were. And so, um, but the media, and that's what I wanted to touch on, obviously sensationalizes it and it makes you think um, you're missing out and that all these people are getting rich. Like one of the first stories I saw this morning was um, CNBC was touting this guy who, you know, is like a Dogecoin millionaire. And this guy's talking about, you know, I, I stayed up all night with that day because we were talking about it that, you know, went up a couple hundred percent in a week. And uh, we talked about it last week how people were texting me. But anyway, on CNBC, you know, he was saying uh, and they were tweeting this this article and they had it on TV um, about this guy who was, you know, bought Dogecoin and is now a millionaire. But, you know, what's buried in the thing is that he started with one hundred and eighty grand into a million. And so I'm not demeaning uh, a five or five and a half bagger by any means. You know, I'm all for people making money. Kudos to the guy. Absolutely. but are we going to put somebody on TV every time they have a five bagger? Because I missed several opportunities to get my CNBC retweets. If that's what we're going to do is, is I guess what I'm saying. And so um, to have that sensationalized, like Dogecoin is turning people into into millionaires. Yeah, but there's a lot of other things that are uh, turning people into uh, millionaires as well. Uh, and so that's like a, a five bagger return, which obviously, uh, Gerardo, you and I have had. Uh, several of. And so anyway, you asked the question, is it a buying opportunity in, in crypto? And the answer is, yeah, I think for Bitcoin specifically, it's it's a uh, healthy pullback. Agreed. I, I, I completely agree. I think it's a healthy pullback, but I think that's all it is. I think it's absolutely headed higher. Um, for anyone that may think that <laughs> I made up come rocket, um, <laughs> I, I swear to you, it's real. I'm not being vulgar for vulgarity's sake. Um, it surged 634% in a single day. The market cap now of a cummy, as they call call it, they call it a cummy. You can spend your stimmy on a cummy? <laughs> you can spend your stimmy on a cummy and get relief. <laughs> the market cap is now over $140 million. Uh I have a gold company, Magna Gold. I'll give you some free names right off the bat to make up for the humor and the childish uh, display of uh, of jokes. Um, Magna Gold is projected, you know, to 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 produce fifty five to sixty five thousand ounces this year. I encourage anybody with a calculator to pull it out, take the mean, call it sixty thousand ounces, um, eighteen hundred dollar gold. Punch in the numbers, um, or, or I'll make it even simpler for you. Just take the sixty thousand and multiply it by the $700 in profit margin that they're going to make approximately off of each ounce. And you get $42 million in free cash flow, right? And that thing's got a market cap of about $70 million US. So it's going to make almost as much in free cash flow as its entire market cap right now. The mine is in production. The ramp up was successful. Um, and, and they have other satellite deposits that are likely to add to that number. And by the way, they're on the M&A trail. I highlight all this to say, yes, a cummy is funny. Um, you know, the, 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 it makes for an easy joke. The Dogecoin is literally a joke. Um, and, and here it is worth more than the entire uranium sector as of a few days ago. Um, and, and you have companies that have real value 
um, are getting are getting <laughs> more valuable by the day in real dollars and getting zero respect in the market. This won't last forever, everybody. This is you know this is the roaring twenties um, with technology, right? And so, like the roaring twenties, I don't know if you know what happened in the thirties in America and around the world, but it didn't end well. And so, jokes aside, if you are you know, <laughs> making money off your cummies and your Dogecoin and your crypto, what whatever it is, make sure that you're taking a little bit off the table and make sure that, you know, you're investing or speculating with a little bit of that capital into things that are real, hard assets, um, depending on your income level, just diversify. It's important. So just how you made a 634% in a single day with a cummy, you might lose 634% one morning, right? And so just a word of caution uh, amongst the jokes there. That's all I got to say on that one. Anything to add to that, Nick? It's an eruption as it were, but uh, <laughs> Gerardo, that's, uh, that's all so boring because, you know, Bloomberg was tweeting this week that this billionaire just tripped on LSD and understood crypto. That. And that's why, that's why, bro, he bought it and uh, did so well. And then, and then, man, he uh, tripped again and looked at SPACs and now he's all over the SPAC sector because now he tripped uh, and his mind understands it. And so uh, that's all the analysis and diligence you need, bro. The guy that became a billionaire on Dogecoin, his fundamental analysis was that he liked the meme it was based on, man, and the support of the Reddit community. And so uh, you're, you're, uh, cash flows and 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 your your valuations. You know, I don't know, Gerardo. I'm just gonna trip my balls off and 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 see what crypto I should buy next. It's like uh, uh, monkeys and darts. I think. Oh. So, <laughs> onto the uh, the 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 roaring twenties. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to to last and. Uh, I'll share a bit of insight from the gentleman who coined the, the name of the millennials who was actually writing about this uh, this week because people are calling it the Roaring Twenties because of the euphoria uh, in the markets. But he's saying the generations are way off because ain't no way uh, these millennials with their high rise mom jeans are about to get down for an entire <laughs> millennia, for an entire decade. Like they aren't the right cohort um, to do it. And so... Um, exactly what you said. It's not uh, a parallel decade. It, it it can't be for generational reasons. And so I agree. And listen, let's uh, let me bring it all back together. We talked about the cum rockets, and we talked about you know the gentleman that um, he, the bro that was tripping and just figured out the secrets of investing and speculating. And kudos to him, and congrats on his success. I wish him all the success. I wish anybody that deserves it all the success in the world, right? But you can believe your own narrative. It's very easy in this world of technology that we live in, right? And I think the story about you know the the, the multi million dollar orgasm cult that was endorsed by Hollywood is a perfect example of people just believing their own bullshit. Um, I mean. It's as simple a story as you can get mixed with the cocktail of some celebrity endorsement and three-hour orgasms and like, you know, three-hour orgasms. Um, tough to resist, right? I mean, look, this is how this started. In 1994, 
a Californian-born woman named Nicole Dado joined, I probably messed her last name up, but apologies, joined a community of orgasm researchers, air quotes, called... I, I too, Gerardo. <laughs> I too am a, am a orgasm researcher. Did you join in '94? <laughs> I'm uh, '83 mint. And so it was called the Welcomed Consensus, not W E L C U M M E D, but W E L C O M E D. The Welcomed Consensus, and she developed a technique called orgasmic meditation. And what orgasmic meditation is. A woman lies on a nest of pillows and butterflies her legs. This is this is the description by the founder. Draping a leg over a fully clothed man besides her. He sets a 15-minute timer and wearing latex gloves, he then touches the upper left quadrant of the clitoris. And so then fast forward, 2004, right? They get this, they master this technique. You know, guitar players excelled. It was beautiful. And in 2004, she set up a one-taste urban retreat. I'm not making these names up. A one-taste urban retreat. And she hoped to promote orgasmic meditation as a way to make orgasm connection and sensuality sustainable. The community grew to about 50 members, most in their late 20s, right? And they were, this is what they call it, oming um, two to three times a day with various research partners. They were offered a menu of services. You could get a workshop, Nick, for 195 bucks. You could subscribe and sign up for a week-long Urban Monk program that set you back a couple of thousand bucks. And if you were really about it and really wanted to own, you could train to become a certified coach for $16,000. One six, $16,000. And so the instructor said that Oming resonated particularly deeply with the techies, right? Silicon Valley was an amazing place to market. And, um, you know, you fast forward and Khloe Kardashian swore by orgasmic meditation. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow really mainstreamed this. And without getting too deep into it, obviously, obviously this ended with um, lawsuits and allegations of staff being coerced into having sex with men to entice them to take courses um, it was, I, you know, a, a lot of nasty stuff that allegedly happened, a lot of abuse. Um, one taste has, you know, refuted all of the allegations in October of 2018, Bloomberg ran an expose. All of this is verifiable. You could Google this. I'm not making any of this up. And, um, you know, the founder disappeared and we haven't <laughs> heard from her since. And, um, the cult of the orgasm, it continues to thrive. There's a new website. I looked, I checked. It's there by former members, and it invites users to learn to ohm for free. So if you are bored one day and you have a few hours to spare, y'all, just, uh, you know, give it a go. Give, give the Google a little bit of work and um, ohm. Well, you know what they say, if they offer it for free, you're the product. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, again, it's very easy to believe your own narrative, folks. Question your thoughts. Question everything. It's healthy. Disagree with people. Disagree with people you like. Do it civilly, hopefully. But um, healthy dose of skepticism is good. It's good. Let's talk gold. Another kind of a boring week. I mean, yeah, we had a, you know, we closed at 1776, whatever, right? Touched uh, 1793.60. 
pulled back. That's resistance right now in my eyes. It's got to break through that. Last week, I said it had to break through 1665, 1765, excuse me, 1770 to kind of shoot higher. It did that. So let's see if it can break 1794 next week. Any thoughts on gold? Flat like rates. Yep. Um, which, um, you know, we had talked to, pulled back a little bit uh, last week, which was uh, weird. We had said it was weird that uh, people were fleeing to uh, safety if the stock market was supposedly so good. But um, then the rates sort of went uh, sideways. They did stay down where they were, but then they went sideways uh, starting earlier this week. And so then gold um, started to go sideways, but it went sideways from a little bit of a higher base, as you say, up around uh, 1776. So uh, boring because it was sideways. Uh, and nonetheless, you know, stocks go on to um, you know, shake off there a couple of uh, rocky days earlier in the week as well. And so um, interested to see as more earnings come out, how long this bull market in stocks can uh, continue to last. And uh, like you say, boring because sideways for rates and gold. Speaking of rates, uh, Uncle Joe is coming for the rich, Nick. Um, let's get into we had a, it. I had a whole section of the podcast about it a couple of uh, weeks or months ago when we were talking yep. about uh, Yellen and, and capital gains and transactional taxes and people making, I think it was over uh, 400 or, or something it was. Yeah, we had a whole section about it. I mean, um, it concluded with me telling you to uh, start getting prepared and contact uh, a tax professional uh, or two, an accountant and a tax attorney, because, um, look, I mean, they're spending so much money that um, uh, they're going to have to pay for it somehow. And, and, you know, the other thing we touched on was that uh, they should be going after these corporations that pay zero taxes and, and employ all these different sorts of tax havens. But uh, that's a whole nother matter. So anyway. Yeah, we, we saw this coming, yeah, easily uh, foreshadowed. Do you think it passes or do you think this is a starting point? I mean, the Biden administration is already walking back some of this, saying it'll likely end up being somewhere in the mid to high 30s, not the 42 or 43.4% um, that has been, you know, the headline because it gets clicks, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think they could pass that. The headline number there. No, I mean, um, goodness, we're going to see the government uh, likes their money. And if they can't agree on anything else, they can uh, often agree on taxes, even if they publicly uh, say otherwise or, or decry them. And so um, I, I think you probably see some uh, sort of altering of the, the Trump tax bill that got uh, passed a couple of years ago. And so I don't know what the number is going to be, but you know, I do think you see some sort of changes. Yeah. Did you hear about the Matt Gates sex allegations? Um, this guy is hilarious, man. In, 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 in a nasty way. I hope the allegations aren't true, um, because it involves potentially a minor. Um, but the way in which it played out is, is just, again, irony at its finest political irony at its finest have you have you kept up with this at all to a minor minor degree and uh, the story seems uh, crazy go ahead and and enlighten us but it seems like you know again the writers are, are going uh, working overtime it's insane so elon musk um somebody was giving elon musk you know trolling him giving him giving him a hard time on twitter and somebody said something about musk gate and gates chimed in and said if there's ever a scandal about me 
I want it to be Matt Gatesgate, right? Or something along those lines. It was corny and cheesy. And sure enough, five days later, right? Federal prosecutors announced that they've been investigating sex trafficking charges against a gentleman by the name of Joel Greenberg, who's a local tax collector and a, a, a political ally of Mr. Gates. And so it appears, it, this is what it sounds like to me. And I said this about, you know, the white supremacists and how the minute, like how I thought that they were doing some of the things that they were doing because they were allowed to by law enforcement. And I speculated that a lot of them were federal informants. So far, so good on that front. That was clear as day to me back then. It appears to me that Mr. Greenberg probably outed little Matt. And um, I think you're going to see a plea deal sometime soon. And that's not good for Mr. Gates. If Mr. Gates was indeed sugar daddying underage girls. And that's what it sounds like at this point. Um, Greenberg was charged and he's apparently ready to plead out to this with sex trafficking a 17 year old girl and using state databases to look up information about her and others with whom Mr. Greenberg was engaged in sugar daddy relationships with. And the thing that kind of tipped me off that this had some legs is when the story first broke, Gates did two things. He said, I absolutely deny any and all charges of impropriety. But if you're going to prosecute me for being generous with, with past girlfriends, then I am guilty of that. That is a heck of a first statement to make when you are being accused of potentially, um, at the very least, you know, prostitution, um, soliciting prostitution, and at, at the worst, from what it looks like, um, trafficking underage girls. Um, ugly, ugly stuff all the way around. Ironic the way that it played out. Um, also ironic that... Gates is the only one that voted against a bill a few years ago that would give a committee more oversight um, <laughs> to prosecute uh, people that were engaged in sex trafficking of underage minors. I thought that was, again, another bit of nasty irony in this whole case. Um, a lot of nasty stuff there. Um, you know, it's, uh, well, I I'll leave it there. I, I, I won't get into, you know, why we left and when we left and we started our, you know, own thing and then the reasons behind that. I'll leave that alone for the time being. But, you know, the bottom line is I think eventually we'll figure out what happened, how it happened, whether there's merit to to the allegations. And look, I I I I don't root for anybody to 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 commit this type of uh conduct or engage in this type of conduct. So I hope it's false. I hope it's false and he's uh you know acquitted of all charges and I hope it's not true but if it is put that motherfucker under the prison because I have zero time for anybody that's um you know trafficking young girls or you know exploiting young girls because that's not a one off we've seen with Epstein we've seen with all the enablers there um we've seen it recently th this week with a lady by the name of Valerie Moser who was you know basically a pimp and and, and she was one of these pimps that would go and solicit the young girls or the woman, even when it was consensual, that weren't aware that the 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 acts that they were performing on video for for money, which which and sometimes were consensual, were being published on Pornhub, and so she was just arrested for sex trafficking. Obviously, you know it's not just a one off. She wasn't the only person doing this. It it, it takes a whole village to enable this type of behavior, and um, this is the stuff where. 
I really want, you know, the FBI and law enforcement to concentrate on, you know, leave the marijuana alone, leave all the, you know, parking ticket stuff alone. Go get these assholes, the people that are doing this um, to people because, because this is where I want my tax dollars to go. Nasty stuff all the way around anyway. Yeah, you wonder uh, who knows what in, in those situations, right? Sort of like the Epstein thing and my... Uh, things don't get revealed or followed up on or investigated, et cetera. And so um, is he, he's still in office, this guy, right? He resigned. He, he did resign. He, okay. did, he, did, he did resign from from what, what, I, what I recall. And I, I could be off on that. I'll double check. But uh, I, I, I do recall him saying he's stepping down. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. Um, it's a lot of uh, there's a lot of throwing of bricks to glass houses and hiding of hands. And it's, 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 it's always interesting to me who does it and how it comes back. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure he has uh, just a quick look, but uh, there's people calling for it for sure. So he's still, he's still, he's still uh, a member of the uh, uh, representative. Congress, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. 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 Well, let, let, let's see how that plays out. Let's keep it to, you know, crazy in Florida, which Florida always, uh, you know, tries to tries to one up everybody. Um, do you read about the new riot law? I didn't. You have to enlighten me, Gerardo. So, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but there's like this social movement going on where people are kind of tired of like corruption and corrupt police officers abusing their power and people, whether they're of color or not, just people in general being abused by corrupt police officers. Um, and so there's been demonstrations in the streets, right? And apparently Florida has decided that the way to go about making sure that everybody's freedom of speech in Florida is protected because of course, right? Um, why wouldn't a Republican governor want to enable and encourage freedom of speech as long as it's peaceful, as long as it's peaceful, um, so what, what <laughs> governor Ron DeSantis has decided to do is they've created a bill to create tougher penalties for people who participate in violent protests, which, okay, I, I, again, there's laws in place for that. Arrest the people that are being violent, treat them with, you know, the due process that everybody deserves and, 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 and go convict them in court. Um, but now <laughs> this bill allows for people and it facilitates um, people being able to run over people. So it, 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 it takes, <laughs> it takes the current law and it makes it to where if you are on a street and see a group of protesters and you interpret them to be violent and you interpret yourself to be in danger, you could just hit the accelerator and barrel on through. And so again, uh, doesn't sound very freedom of speech to me. Um, it's interesting to me that some of my libertarian friends and my Republican friends haven't come out and said, hey, we can prosecute the violent rioters and the protesters without making it easier for people to run people over because we saw all summer long, Nick, this past summer, many instances of people in vehicles that weren't just running over violent protesters. They were running over protesters holding signs up minding their business. And so... Um, Troubling stuff. I mean, I don't know if y'all are paying attention out there, but troubling stuff. Well, I'm your libertarian friend, and uh, I'll say that that's obviously a bullshit, right? You can't, um, you know, uh, 
do eye for an eye like that and and, and make citizens uh, judge, jury, and literally executioner the way uh, cops have been lately. And so... Um, lately. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and a quick look seems like... Um, He's already being sued, right? So we'll see how this uh, plays out. But clearly this seems like more, um, I don't know, headline politics than, um, well, I guess it is actual policy, but um, doesn't uh, hopefully going to stand. I mean, the bill grants civil immunity to people who drive into peaceful demonstrators if the demonstrators are blocking a road. It's insane. Well, then that's not even, what is that? I mean, you can just run over peaceful people now. That's, yeah, that's an utter violation of civil rights. And so it's not going to stand. And then it also makes it a second degree felony to destroy or demolish a memorial, a plaque, a flag or a painting structure or other object that commemorates historical people or events. That would be punishable by up to 10 years in prison. So again, and again, I consider myself a libertarian and I lean left on some things. I lean right on other things. But overall, I want less government. I want responsible, efficient government. I want to be left alone. I want to follow the law. I want to be looked after because I pay taxes for you to do that. And that's it. Keep it simple. But, you know, they want to make it a second degree felony to destroy a flag or a painting or structure that commemorates historical people or events. This would be punishable by up to 10 years in prison. So if I see a thin blue line flag, which to me is a version that was not intended by our founders, because I hear that argument all the time, is that the desecration of an object that commemorates historical people or events? And would those people be punishable? Like, would that offense be punishable? Would they be subject to be punished by up to 10 years in prison? Or are we just passing bullshit laws to target the flavor of the month, the flavor of the month being Confederate statutes coming down, schools being renamed, um, and and just changing back and forth selectively with whatever fits the moment and, and your political ideology. Because again, that's dangerous. And it's dangerous in a place like America. I, I expect to see some of this stuff in some other countries. It worries me to see stuff like that here. Absolutely. Uh, and again, hopefully it doesn't... Uh, stand and so it would also have to cut both ways and you would be um uh, interested to see how it was enforced uh, the other way right because this is clearly uh targeted at one group like you said agreed um and again and th th this is my theme this week last week it was uh you know police corruption and police abuse and and how to make it right because we love our law enforcement the ones that do it right and actually you know protect society and do things the way they're supposed to. Um, we want good cops. We want better cops. And so when I, the, did you see McConnell's um, comment on Asian hate crimes and the bill that recently passed? I saw the bill. I didn't see the turtles comments. So Mr. McConnell, the turtle says that the spike in anti-Asian violence and harassment, which is absolute bullshit, any, any anti, anything that's violent and harassing, again, there's laws in place, arrest those fucking people and get them out of there, right? Sure. Whatever it is. Sure. Simple. Um, if you're targeting innocent cops, if you're targeting innocent Asian old ladies, whatever it is, arrest those fuckers, get them out of here. Um, but when McConnell was asked about the overwhelming legislation on Thursday, um, 
to to report and review anti-Asian hate crimes, you know, he said that a large reason, a big reason was because his wife was born in Taiwan and, you know, he understands because his wife was born in Taiwan and is of Asian descent, of course, that this is a real problem. And again, great that he's supporting something that seems like common sense to all of us. Um, but not great that it has to affect our politicians directly in order for them to act. You are voted by a constituency that has enabled you to exist, get a great salary, get great benefits, um, to represent the people. And yes, your wife is a part of the people, but we have to quit enabling lawmakers on both sides of the aisle that only act in their best interest because that's how we got into the mess that we got into right now with lobbyists and money of speech and all the other craziness that we're dealing with now. And so, again, the comments disturbed me, not because I don't agree with them, because it seemed like that was the primary motivator. And it seems like unless it affects directly and personally one of these lawmakers, most of them don't care. There's some good ones, just like everything else, but most of them don't seem to care. That's all I got on that one. I have to tell you, um, the bill is just weird because you're you're given the federal government like uh, new powers, which uh, obviously I'm opposed to. You know, a hate crime is a Same. hate crime, whether, yep. it, whether it's against uh, a black person, an Asian person, a white person, a gay person or a straight person. Right. And so, yep. um, you know, we we we. Um, dish it out on both sides here. And so, you know, who the lone dissenter was, was the guy we've called an asshole before. And that's Senator Josh uh, Hawley from Missouri, right? The guy that was saying what I had just said. And then I'll tell you what uh, Reason Magazine was writing about this bill. Hmm. Um, in, in addition to it, giving uh, the powers to the federal government to define new hate crimes was that it did nothing to um, alleviate the true uh, racism uh, and anti-Asian things that go on in U.S. universities where mm. they're routinely and, and openly discriminated against for having uh, higher math scores. And those math scores are discounted, um, uh, which leads to more uh, white people getting uh, into colleges, even though they don't have as high of uh, test scores as Asians. And so if you want to uh, not discriminate against uh, Asians and pass a bill for it, maybe you should address um, the very open uh, discrimination that goes on against the Asians. Clearly, again, it seems like common sense, right? The recurring theme on this podcast is common sense isn't so common nowadays, and it sure in the hell is not by the people that have been elected to lead. And so I look forward to a new group of people that come up and lead and lead in a different way because this isn't cutting it. I think it's coming, Gerardo. We already talked about the fourth turning once. Yes, sir. Many times. The digital horses are back, Nick. Well, we don't even have to spend a lot of time <laughs> because we've talked about them so much that, you know, we didn't even know that uh, they were going to come back. But of course they did. And so um, I'm not even going to pull up the article. Basically, it's uh, the same iteration of what we told you before. And uh, the last time around was three or four years ago. Uh, the last time crypto ran hard and I think it was the founder of Atari was going to um, uh, promote a, a deal that involved crypto horses, as we've discussed. Uh, you, you, you have a uh, horse on the blockchain and you 
you pay real money to, <laughs> to buy it in cryptocurrency and train it and you race it. Um, and uh, that's it. But now, you know, they're back in a new iteration because, of course, they are. We've been talking about uh, crypto land and crypto voxels and Decentraland and um, uh, real estate in, in the metaverse. And, uh, of course, the digital horse racing is back where um, you're owning horses on the blockchain again and, and, and racing them because uh, why not, right? Why not? Indeed. Everything is and awesome. So I, I guess one more thing, um, just on the NFT thing, is um, and valuations, which we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, a joke I made a couple of weeks ago <laughs> on social media was I saw Playboy was getting into the uh, NFT game. And I, I made the joke that they were going to do NFTs. And... <laughs> and the, the stock, it's funny, right? And the stock <laughs> has done hilarious. the stock has done quite well. So just let me pull up the chart while we're talking. It has gone from uh, $10 to start the year to it closed today at 48 bucks. So uh, a five bagger year to date. And so um, they're back, right? Like Hugh isn't running the game anymore. And um, they've got like, I don't know, all these partners signed up, they're getting into the NFT game. And so um, anyway, I don't know why I related that to crypto horses, I guess just because it's on the the blockchain. But um, that stuff is, is getting value. It's it's blowing up. Uh, obviously, we you know, we talked about last week how Dogecoin had a bigger market cap than uh, all of the uranium sector. And so, um, yeah, NFTs are, are, are all over the place, right? Even... Um, you know, the relatives of deceased sports people getting in on it, right? You and I saw the uh, Ted Williams thing this, uh, I guess that was this week where his his daughter or granddaughter is, you know, selling some digital art that she had this guy create. And you also get like um, a bat and a stay where uh, Ted Williams grew up. So you're paying, you know, literally someone's going to pay millions of dollars for this stuff, right? And it's a blend of, uh, things on the blockchain, things in the metaverse, as it were, and uh, things in the the real world. And um, of course, I remembered that Ted Williams' head is frozen, which is fucking weird. And um, I thought I, th- I, I thought that I thought that you should get a tour of the place where his head is frozen for that kind of thing. Listen, just because we don't understand something or aren't willing to risk our hard-earned capital. Um, to speculate in it doesn't mean it's not going to do great, right? I think, um, look, I, 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 I think, you know, one of my favorite MCs, I, I, I grew up on a lot of hip hop, a lot of Mexican music, rock, 80s, um, you name it, house music in Chicago, just a variety of genres, but I've, I've always been a hip hop kid, right? And look, Coinbase went public and it wasn't really out there too much, but one of my favorite MCs is a gentleman by the name of Nas, Nasir Jones. He made over a hundred million dollars um, on it going public because he 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 got in and invested very early on. Um, Eminem, everybody knows Eminem, whether you're old or young, black or white. He's dropping his first NFT drop this Sunday. It's called ShadyCon, so he's conducting his own virtual conference. And he's going to, what he describes, provide a unique opportunity for collectors and fans to get their hands on original one-of-a-kind beats 
that the rapper has produced specifically for this release, as well as a set of NFT action figures that include him in some of his classic outfits. I am curious, and we'll follow up next week, Nick, what Eminem-inspired merch NFTs are able to bring in. And so, hey, kudos to the hip-hop community. Look, we lost a great one in DMX recently. Shock G from Digital Underground. It was one of the funnest groups that you ever did see uh, back in the 90s. They were great. Uh, he just passed away. And um, it's, it's, it's good and enlightening to see a lot of these artists that, that are getting older, you know, mid-40s, late-40s, um, continue to make inroads in these different financial assets. And I'm curious to see what this does. It should be interesting. He could definitely have some sick rhymes with Cum Rocket. <laughs> he may already have. Could be part of the deal. It could be part of the deal. We'll see. Um, before we go, we got to talk about, you know, something that I think the whole world was watching. Um, the George Floyd murder trial. Um, Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all charges. It took a whopping 10 hours, which is nothing in deliberation land, um, for the jurors to come to an agreement on three counts. They found him guilty on all three. He looked as surprised as I was that they found him guilty on all three. And um, not because the evidence wasn't there. That was clear to anybody with some common sense. But just because we know historically in this country, the way the justice system um, has has acted in favor of police officers. I, I read something that I think of 15,000 police related shootings that resulted in death. I think there were five convictions and none of them were for murder, if I recall correctly, um, which is just a mind boggling statistic. I may be off by one or two murders. The point isn't that, folks. The point is rarely do police officers uh, get indicted or even found guilty, found guilty or even indicted uh, for some of this stuff. It took, you know, it took a nine minute video. And I think I watched a little bit towards the end. I was in the gym and I was watching a little bit on TV and I couldn't figure out if the the defense attorney was the prosecuting attorney or the defense attorney. He actually played the video back and told everybody, you can't believe what you see. I'm like, but well, you're showing it to us again, stupid, right? Um, I don't think he did his client any favors. I don't think he had to. I don't think there was a favor to do. But it, it it did remind me that, you know, there was a nine-year-old girl that was there that witnessed this whole thing that was yelling at the officers because there were multiple. And, and mind you, the other three are up for trial here in a couple of weeks. We'll see how that goes. The ones that stood by and did nothing. But there was a nine-year-old that watched all of this that was yelling at Chauvin to get off of him. Get off of him. You're hurting him. And it just breaks my heart to see that something as obvious as that to a nine-year-old child Um was just dismissed, uh, just whatever, human being. Again, let's assume the worst. Let's assume it wasn't George Floyd passing a $20 bill. Let's assume he was tripping off shrooms, LSD, crack, had a Tommy gun, um, was wielding a knife. Once that man is subdued and once he is handcuffed and he's no longer a threat, it's just a human being on the ground. And, um, you know, a lot of collateral damage there. I think that little girl obviously is going to live with this forever. And there were a lot of young people that watched this and uh, testified and had to relive it. And I'm glad that there was some accountability. Don't confuse this for justice. This is not justice. A man is dead. People are traumatized. Generations of families have been affected. Um, but it's good to see some accountability. It gives me a little bit of hope moving forward, Nick. Uh, I'll say everything you said just in a, in a different way and start with a bit of uh, caution because – 
Mm. Um, one conviction doesn't mean a, a sea change uh, has occurred and that um, everything is okay and that um, everything uh, will continue to go in the direction of accountability. Obviously, still uh, a lot of work uh, to do when it comes to uh, retraining and um, uh, how we recruit police and the rights we give them um, and how we hold them accountable, uh, et cetera. But, um, you know, uh, after that little uh, caveat there, I would say that obviously a lot of people saw it um, in not just that little girl. It resulted in an entire summer of, of, of protests uh, last year. And um, I think that to call this uh, mob justice, uh, even with the protest, is uh, inaccurate. I don't Correct. think the I don't think the, the guilty verdict was uh, uh, a result of the the protest. I think it was a result of the facts and the video um, uh, evidence. I'd also point to um, how the uh, police department first handled and reported the case to the public, calling it a, a medical incident. And so <laughs> <laughs> a warning all around to how, um, you know, the police wordsmith these things right from uh, inception, right from the get go um, to, to shift blame, to shift the narrative and to frankly shift the uh, facts. And so if uh, if nothing else, that's a major takeaway is to. Um, basically not believe them at first blush, right? Um, what else did I see about this? Uh, it was good to see um, law enforcement our, uh, officers testify yes. um, that the force he used was uh, excessive. It was good to see uh, law enforcement officers on the airwaves, on the news shows, uh, saying similar things. And, yes. Um, uh, Tucker Carlson had a fit in one case when... Um, uh, uh, one officer was saying as much, but um, hopefully it's a it's a it's a warning, right? Um, not that the uh, thin blue line has crumbled, but that it has um, at least a crack in it, and that um, officers will now uh, think twice about um, employing force when uh, not necessary. And then I guess just ending on a bit of caution is, um, you know, the. Um, due process is on both sides because immediately on the heels of this verdict, you had a, a situation unfold where unfortunately a young girl lost her life. Um, and, and, and that situation is not as uh, clear as George Floyd, right? Where this young girl had a knife and was in the process of fighting with someone else. And so um, it's, it's, I guess I would just end by saying that it's uh, it's a very tough situation and that's why, uh, body cameras are so important and making sure that they're um, on is is so important and that we um, really make sure we have um, a, a clear view of, of each individual case before we go uh, jumping to conclusions like uh, some celebrities and politicians did this week. Agreed. And the incident you're referring to is a young lady in Ohio. Um preliminary information. And actually, before I get to this incident, I have to say, Excellent points about the way that the police wordsmiths presented the facts. Shit show job by the media that repeated them because it's the media's job to question, despite what they've been told for the last, you know, several years. It's their job to question everything and get to the truth of the matter, right? And I think all it would have taken is just 
a little bit of a pause before they reported this as a medical incident and parroted what the police union wanted out there, right? It creates, again, a narrative. And so shame on the media for for the the media that that, that reported it that way. Now, as it relates to this young lady in Ohio, um, apparently she was being assaulted by multiple girls. She had a knife. Um, it, it sounds like it was her that called the police saying, I'm being assaulted. I'm, 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 I'm afraid. She got her hands on a knife, whether she had it or or picked it up, don't know. She was lunging towards one of the girls that was assaulting her, jumping her. Officer was on the scene, yelled, get down, used his gun and shot her four times as opposed to using a taser. Um, again, I asked two questions, you know, split moment situation. Absolutely. Clearly the tasers are effective because we've seen people be neutralized by tasers immediately, right? And so- the culture point that you bring up, Nick, and the training point that you bring up is, is I think, critical moving forward. I think we have to do a better job of de-escalation on the police side of it. I think that, um, I mean, I saw the video, and again, you know, it's heartbreaking to see it. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't see where a taser couldn't have been used to, to, to get her to drop that knife um, in the moment. And... Um, you know, bottom line is, yeah. Well, it's not what they're trained to do is the thing. And so I guess the point I was trying to make was, um, and maybe this is uh, what you're saying um, as well, is that, you know, in the Derek Chauvin case, clearly um, he didn't need to use that level of force to to restrain the gentleman. In this case, the one we're talking about now, it's heat of the moment, different yep. circumstances. Absolutely. The person is armed. And so in the context of the current law and training, um, there's, you know, that officer's, you know, no charges or whatever, you know, not that he might, he probably didn't even break the law. You know, I guess what I'm saying is he probably followed training, right? It's just a Correct. sad situation. And so, uh, to, to retrain. And so, uh, you pull the taser instead of the gun is, a is an arduous task. And the, I guess the, the statistic I read this week was that, um, most officers in, in most cities undergo to become a police officer over 50 hours of like weapons and defense training and eight hours or less of de-escalation training. And it seems that uh, one of the things could be making those a little bit more balanced um, and um, yeah, making those a bit more balanced, I would say um, that one's it's, it's a real tough situation. And so, yeah, it's, it's sort of tough to touch. Yep. Tough all the way around and probably uh, probably legal in the eyes of the law. I'm no expert in Ohio law, but um, I would say, yeah, I think you're probably right. I think I think the way the laws are written, you know, um, clearly someone was in danger. Clearly there was a weapon. It was being brandished. Heat of the moment, tough all the way around. Um, let's let's pivot before we go. And um, something that I think is a positive, but again, back to Uncle Joe coming for our money. Um, the House passed a bill on Monday that would allow banks and financial institutions to work with cannabis businesses. Um, you and I know, Nick, from deals that you've participated in privately and deals that I participated in privately that it gets really hard when the banks don't want to transact your shares, right? Whether that's removing a legend on a private deal or depositing your shares or allowing you to resell the shares eventually one day, whether they do well or not. And so, you know, this was approved in a 321 to 101 vote. It goes to the Senate now. Um, Senate leader Charles Schumer has said it will receive the vote. And so this will allow legitimate cannabis businesses 
to, to transact in a very legal and direct and open way. And of course, it opens the door for taxation by states that need the revenue, right? But step in the right direction, in my opinion. Thoughts, Mr. Hodge, before we get out of here? It's step in the right direction. Uh, cannabis stocks are uh, undergoing a, a pullback, a bit of a, a transition as, as new names emerge and as new uh, legislation emerges, like the uh, bill you're talking about. And, and also in Mexico, it's reached a, a, a sort of a sea change point um, in, in public perception where Pew was saying, Last week, that over 91%, 91% of, of U.S. adults say that marijuana should either be legal for medical and recreational use or at least just uh, medical use. And so uh, here to stay, and you're going to have to uh, obviously let it uh, become regulated. And uh, we've talked recently about how the, the liquor industry has sort of stepped up to guide that because they have a stake um, in it. And so this would be the uh, a logical course of action. We would still like to, to get it descheduled, uh, of course, but to be able to, to to transact would not only make it easier for us to deposit shares, but hmm. um, to be able to to buy it, it would increase sales because it wouldn't be a cash only business, right? You wouldn't have to go to the uh, ATM and have cash all the time. You'd be able to put it on a debit or even uh, a credit card, perhaps. And so perhaps a, a catalyst for expanded sales in the industry, because um, you're not limited in the method of payments you can use to 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 buy the grass, Gerardo. It'll kill your kids, guys. Be careful with this stuff, that reefer. <laughs> uh, but good to see Good to see is right. I was any quick thoughts on Caitlyn Jenner and Matthew McConaughey uh, potentially running for governors of their respective states in California and Texas. It's just perfect, isn't it? It's idiocracy. It's perfect for the time. Great documentary. It was a movie, actually, right? I think now it's morphed into a documentary. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's crazy, Gerardo. So I knew we were it was going to come up in this podcast, and maybe we'll talk more about it next week. But I mean, you know, uh, what do you say? Um, I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 114 of Bizarro World. Get your meditation on, everybody. Have a great weekend. See ya.